Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. I mentioned in the last podcast that I plan to talk about a potential destination for the Philadelphia 76ers, Ben Simmons. And unlike my last promise to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and how they're not the little engine that did, an idea spurred by Giannis Antetokounmpo's post-championship comments about doing it the hard way, I'm going to make good on this one. I'm also going to make good on the Bucks promise. I promise. Just not on the timeline promised. I'll get to it. Maybe even before the end of the week, depending on how this week goes. I say that because the last 24 hours have gone a little different than I expected. The Simmons tidbit mushroomed today with a couple of other happenings and conversations that took place as a result of those offshoots. That Simmons tidbit, that the Toronto Raptors were interested and looking to make a deal for him, my first thought was probably yours. Sign and trade, sending free agent point guard Kyle Lowry to the 76ers. Makes all the sense in the world. Lowry is so Philly, he not only was born and raised there, he spent his two years in college playing for Villanova, which is about 20 minutes north. Supposedly, the last time he was a free agent, back in 2017, he considered signing with the Sixers before re-upping with the the Raptors on a three-year, $90 million deal. Brian Colangelo was the Sixers' GM in 2017, but he was responsible as the Raptors' GM in 2012 
for bringing Lowry to Toronto by acquiring him from the Houston Rockets. So there was a connection. Now, the deal, the Simmons-Lowry deal, makes sense for both sides. Or at least I can present it in a way that makes sense. I wouldn't make too much of the report, by the way, that the Sixers have been unable to reach Simmons since the the season ended. I've known teams who had players they had great relationships with, who they left countless messages for during the offseason and none were returned. Besides, it's not as if Ben, the Sixers, and everyone in the NBA doesn't know they are headed for a divorce. Doc Rivers made him a caddy for most of their series against the Hawks, and Joel Embiid attributed one of their losses to Simmons being afraid to shoot. I suspect Simmons is as ready to get out of Philly as they are to see him go. Lowry is everything Simmons isn't, in a lot of ways. The Sixers need a floor general point guard who is fearless about knocking down shots with the game on the line. Lowry is all that. He is a bulldog and a competitor. Or at least he has been. I'll get to why I included that addendum in a minute. The Raptors, meanwhile, avoid having Lowry leave without any compensation. They could sign him to reportedly what he wants, which is another three-year, $90 million deal, which would line up nicely with Simmons' salary next year of $31.5 million for salary cap purposes. Philly would actually be saving money since they'd be getting off of Simmons' last year worth $38 million. The Raptors, meanwhile, would be getting a 25-year-old, three-time All-Star and former Defensive Player of the Year. The focus right now is all that Simmons does not do while being paid $30 million a year. The fact of the matter is, he's still pretty damn talented. Simmons wouldn't be the first player either to head north of the border to reignite his career. Lou Williams, Doug Christie, Amir Johnson, another Villanova point guard and Alvin Williams are a few. Now, none are of the stature of Ben Simmons. But for players who might have needed a wake-up call or respite from the scrutiny of the team that drafted them, uh, high expectations, maybe too high expectations, Toronto has served as a nice refuge. There's something about living in a foreign country that prompts a player, or anyone for that matter, to mature and do a little soul-searching about who they want to be. And they can't get ESPN up there. Just looking from the outside, Simmons looks like he could use a bit of all of that. But as delicious and rational as all that sounds, I wouldn't expect it to happen. I'm told Lowry is not interested in going home, no matter how much the current GM, Daryl Morey, may covet him. That doesn't really surprise me. I've known a lot of players who didn't want to play near or at home. When Brian Grant, who I wrote Rebound with, had a chance to be traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, he didn't want to go in part because it would put him too close to all the people he grew up with in Southern Ohio. People who would want tickets and loans and appearances at their events. People he barely knew but remembered him from back when. I've seen these exchanges and they're awkward as hell. NBA players do plenty of community service and helping out others, including those close to them. 
but they prefer it to be on their terms and because it's serving a cause not because someone they grew up with thinks they owe them something because the player made it and they didn't anyway i'm told lowry has some of the same concerns i then was told that toronto would send fred van vliet og ananobi and a first to philly for simmons that just seems like too perfect of a deal for the sixers van vliet is a younger version of lowry og ananobi is a cheaper version of pascal siakam and there's a good chance a toronto first anytime in the near future could be a lottery pick but i don't get it from toronto's end of things if van vliet was a free agent or making noise about leaving i might understand with lowry leaving through free agency the raptors would get themselves a better point guard in simmons than they could get on the open market and they'd have him locked up for the next four seasons yes it can still be tough to get guys to go over the border unless they're getting overpaid but toronto doesn't have that problem van vliet is signed for the next two seasons with a player option for a third he's very much in his prime at 27 coach nick nurse loves him and he has leadership qualities and scoring ability that simmons does not the only question mark is the hip injury he suffered late in the season as isaiah thomas the diminutive point guard now fighting to get back into the league after hip surgery that's an area as he knows that throws up a red flag the size of tennessee all that said i could see toronto being interested in ben because gm Masai jiri is a bargain shopper who loves to get guys who appear to be slightly damaged goods at a discount price and rehabilitate them he got serge abaca for terrence ross and a first round pick that wound up 25th uh, from orlando orlando taking a latvian center Andrzej pasechniks who wound up getting flipped to the wizards where he played 27 games before getting waived that's a pretty damn good deal for what abaca was as part of their championship core the one wrinkle with acquiring simmons is the same one that doesn't make him viable for the warriors he'd have to play alongside pascal siakam another inefficient offensive player similar to draymond green now i say inefficient offensive player to be able to encapsulate the two of them they're inefficient in different ways i realize siakam averaged 20 plus points the last two seasons but he's scoring at slightly over a point a shot and he isn't the playmaker draymond is draymond is a great playmaker he's just not an efficient scorer and he's really fallen off of late teams can barely survive having one non-shooter on the floor these days two assures a full-scale logjam for the other three scorers another gm then speculated that maybe the raptors would move siakam for simmons seeing as their contracts are nearly identical and siakam after that championship run has not filled in the expectations of being able to take the mantle from Kawhi Leonard once he left for the Clippers now those kind of trades do happen one man's trash is another man's treasure and all that but Siakam is still recovering from surgery to repair a torn labrum labrum and I can't imagine Philly doing a deal for him until they saw him back on the court 
an iffy shooter with an iffy shoulder, and I don't care whether it's his shoulder or not. No GM in his right mind is rolling those dice. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What I'm doing here, by the way, this exercise, is what I believe most good reporters do when they hear about a rumor. They pick it apart and see if it passes the smell test. You're also making as many calls as you can to see if you can get anybody who can verify it or what they've got to say about it, if they've heard something different. But a lot of it is simply looking at the face of it and saying, does it make sense? And as much as Ben Simmons going to Toronto fits Masai Ujiri's profile for doing deals, I've yet to hear a proposal that makes sense. No one has been talking that much about Simmons because the New Orleans Pelicans pulled off an actual deal, sending Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe to the Memphis Grizzlies for Jonas Valanciunas in a first-round pick. Now, the upshot of it is it creates a huge trade exception for New Orleans, and reports are that that is where Lowry could land. Hence my addendum of Lowry being a competitor, or at least that he has been. The idea of him being willing to go to to New Orleans is why. When he was a free agent in 2017, he said the only thing he wanted was the chance to win a ring. He has that ring, courtesy of 2019. Now, he's making a three-year, $90 million deal, his free agency prerequisite, at age 35 with the last three seasons injury-plagued. What is there for him in New Orleans, other than some of the richest butter-soaked cuisine on the planet and a climate where he could play golf year-round? And my understanding is he does enjoy, to play, he does enjoy playing golf. Reminds me of a, a story that I heard about uh, Terry Porter, uh, the former Blazers guard, San Antonio guard, coached I believe at Portland State for a while but there's a point and and at the in the NBA um, Terry also loved golf and had a email address that was something to the effect of Terry loves golf at yahoo.com or whatever it was and it was noted to me by at least one GM if not two that had had a passing interest in potentially hiring him. And it turned them off because the belief was, all right, you're more in, that's how you're advertising yourself, your love for golf. You're not coming in here to work the way we need you to work. Now, this smacks of the same sort of, uh, I don't know, superstition that... I remember when I was graduating from college that if you went for an interview, you should wear laced up shoes. I know this is going to sound very old, but if you were wearing dress shoes, 
You shouldn't wear loafers. You should wear laced up shoes because it, it, it reflected someone who was more industrious, who took, took the time. I know this sounds funny. Took the time to actually tie their shoes rather than slip into them at the beginning of the day. Considering footwear today, it really is. It seems quaint and antiquated as hell. But I'm just telling you, I remember that as one of the things that we were told when, uh, when we considered going through corporate recruiting. Stories from, of, of that uh, for another day. Uh, bottom line is, sometimes when you hear these things about what a guy enjoys or where his focus is, uh, it can be taken as a harbinger for where their mind is. So uh, the Pelicans are not close to competing for anything significant. Lowry has to work at not chunking up physically. And knowing that he just signed the last deal of his career, the last big deal of his career, and was guaranteed $30 million a year for a team that's not necessarily going anywhere, sounds like active retirement. I'm especially concerned upon hearing that the Heat are also interested, but Lowry isn't willing to take less than his three-year $90 million to go there. I'm not going to fault Lowry for sticking to an asking price, this being his last chance at a big payday. But it would, again, speak to his frame of mind. Lowry with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo would be capable of potentially making some noise in the Eastern Conference. Would it make them better than the Bucks? Probably not. But it would make them interesting. Lowry with Zion Williamson and Jonas Valanciunas is another year of SportsCenter highlights in losing causes. I will say Valanciunas is a better fit with Zion than Steven Adams. I never understood that combination. A far better fit because Valanciunas can space the floor with his elbow jumper and can knock down a three often enough to draw bigs at least up past the free throw line leaving more room for the whirling dervish that is Zion. But I probably like this deal for Memphis a little bit more. Steven Adams can set punishing screens. He's only going to make their already solid defense better. I think he and Dylan Brooks, Brooks will enjoy each other's junk dar, junkyard dog mentality. And he rolls well enough that John Morant will find a way to make him an offensive threat on pick and rolls. That's not possible when in New Orleans, when you have Zion Williamson handling it, or even Lonzo for that matter. It was just difficult. And as the season went on, they used more and more of Zion. Again, that's why the fit didn't make a whole lot of sense. Zion has to play at the rim. So does Steven Adams. Eric Bledsoe, meanwhile, gives Memphis a more dynamic backup for Ja and a pretty nice three-guard rotation in Ja, Brooks, and Bledsoe. I already liked the Grizzlies next year as a potential dark horse to be the next Hawks or eh, probably saying the Suns, particularly in the Western Conference, is a little too rich. But a team that surprises everybody and gets to the second round and maybe sneaks into the conference final, I think the rudiments are there. Probably maybe a year or two away, but they're headed in the right direction. In any case, Memphis would be hard-pressed to get a player of Bledsoe's caliber 
on the open market. One last item about potential upcoming player movement, and it involves uh, Pesechnik's old team, the Wizards. I'm told that if Bradley Beal is willing to stay in Washington, then Westbrook is content to stay there as well and not consider the dalliance of going to the Lakers and going home. Again, always a mixed, mixed blessing to be able to do that. But if Beal asks to be traded, as been rumored that he plans to do, and I have to say, it's kind of a weird rumor to hear that Beal is thinking of asking to be traded in the near future. It's he either is going there or he isn't. And guys consider doing a lot of things. And then in many cases, ultimately don't. But that aside, if Beal does go ahead and ask to be traded, then Westbrook doesn't want to be the Lone Ranger and he would be open to going someplace else as well. Similar to Paul George asking out of Oklahoma City once Westbrook got himself dealt to the Rockets. The whole situation with Beal is tricky because he is by nature not a confrontational guy. It would take a lot to prompt him to ask to be traded. The real twist is that one reason I've been told Beal might be pushed to leave is because playing with Westbrook can be challenging, more challenging than Beal is willing to put up with. It's almost as if Russ is completely oblivious to what it's like to play with him, or he just assumes that other stars enjoy it and doesn't pick up the signals that they might not. All right, that does it for enough speculation and innuendo. Any writers or reporters out there who might consider taking up a blurb from this podcast and posting it on their social media feed as news, please don't. I don't need the headache of people hearing something out of context, and I'm not reporting anything here. I'm having a conversation with my listeners the way I would if we were sitting around the fire pit in my backyard or throwing back a cold one playing cornhole or pool or shooting hoops. This is for public consumption. It's just for my public, not anyone else's. Thank you in advance. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. In the next episode, we have another Team USA game coming up against Iran. And we may need to have more conversation about where that team is and why I believe that they are still a very strong favorite to win gold in spite of the showing against France. Or we'll get to the Milwaukee Bucks subject that I mentioned at the top of the podcast. Or there may be something that breaks on the trade rumor uh, front and... We'll have to unpack that. Whatever it is, it'll be here, and I'll be with you. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.